Pure, authentic conversation. That's soulfully casual. So grab your favorite beverage, sit in your favorite chair. Here is your host, Maddie Ice. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Soulfully Casual podcast hosted by Maddie Ice, which is me. And of course, this is a Maddie Ice Media Network production. How's everybody doing on this Thursday? We're almost to the weekend. It's very, very exciting. On Monday's episode, I talked about suicide prevention and suicide survivors. And that was the way in which I highlighted a group of people that you can help. And I've decided to dedicate Thursdays to what it means to be thankful. And we're going to get into another aspect of what I'm thankful for while recapping some of the other things that I've mentioned. But first, of course, connection with the show, which is very, very important. On Instagram, it is Soulfully Casual Podcast. That is the handle. I like to post memes there. You know, I like to, to message some folks. So if you want to hit, hit me up there uh, for a little bit of a good time, you know, just, just message me or comment on one of my pictures or whatever. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Of course, on Twitter, the handle is at Maddie Ice Media, which is very important. I'm a little bit more active there as it relates to the entirety of the Maddie Ice Media uh, Network crew. But uh, still fun. And of course, you know, you can find all of our podcasts wherever you find your podcast, whatever platform you use. But visit www.mattyicemedia.com to find out all of the podcasts that we support. We have some new content coming, I think, in the next few weeks or the next few months. I'm hopeful for anyway. Some of the voices that you have heard on different podcasts hopefully will be coming their own uh, celebrity here at the Matty Ice Media Network. So this past month on Thursdays, I have talked about things that I'm thankful for. And the first thing that I highlighted was friendship and friends. And I talked about some specific people in my life, but also the idea of friendship and how that has changed or how it changes, I guess, as we get older, how certain people are here for certain times in your in your life. And also, you know, there's different types of friends. You have friends that you're closer with, friends that you're not as close with, or friends that you were close with at one time who maybe aren't you, you're not as close with. And that's just kind of the cycle of life. But I, it highlighted something for me for the next episode about change and our perspectives. And I think a lot of times our friendships change and mainly because our life changes, things change around us, but also change allows us to change our perspectives a little bit. And I think that is something that we take for granted sometimes because we're so averse to change. We don't want it, right? We generally want things to stay the same because it's much more comfortable and relaxing to know that things are copacetic around you. But the change that we inevitably see in our lives or inevitably encounter in our lives is a way for us to continue to grow and evolve. And I thought that that was important to sort of mesh the two things together. But when I think about change, when I think about uh, friends, the thing that I want to highlight this week is family, because I think family has changed so much as it relates to how we view family in this country. But I think not only in my own personal life, but looking at migration patterns of people in this country and so forth, I think there there is somewhat of a of a way that we can highlight or talk about family, because I think it is a concept that is different for everybody. So we are all born into a family in some way. Uh, whether you're born to one parent, two parents, or, or whatever your situation is, uh, we don't have a choice of our, our family. And I talked about that when it came to friendship. Friendship is something that we can choose. Friendship is a concept that we are um, we are sort of exposed to as we get older. However, family we're born into. Your parents are who they are. You don't have a choice in that. You don't have a say in that. So family, the, the immediate family that we have around us um, is something that we just sort of inherit and we have 
our mom and dad, our aunts and uncles, our cousins. Uh, we don't have any control over that. We don't have any control over the people that are born before us, the people that are born after us. It just kind of is. And so our family grows with us and grows in different ways. But family relationships can kind of be all over the place. Uh, every family dynamic is different. For every single family that you see on television that has no problems, they never fight, there is at least one, probably five families who have a completely dysfunctional dynamic. And I want to say this too, every family is dysfunctional in some way. Every family has something that they are weird about or that maybe um, isn't the greatest thing. I can tell you personally that I have had an interesting family relationship over the course of my life, mainly because my family is small for the most part, especially when you compare myself and my wife. Uh, my wife, her parents are one of four and one of seven. So there are a lot of aunts and uncles, there are a lot of cousins, and the family gatherings, the family reunions are massive. And when I first met her and became a part of that, it was a little bit overwhelming because for me, my dad was an only child. I'm an only child in that I have a half sister, but not a half sister that I grew up with. And my mom was one of three and she had two uh, half sisters and they even didn't have a lot of children. So there wasn't a huge family dynamic for me. But as, like I said, our family grows with us as we grow. And I think our relationships with certain family members can grow over time, both positively and negatively. I can tell you that people that I looked up to when I was younger, you know, I had very poor adult relationships with them that are kind of coming around and, and need a little bit more of attention. But when you look at the idea of family in, in the U.S., a nuclear family was always seen as a priority in this country, right? Your immediate family for decades, like in the 50s, the nuclear family was it. Like you did everything as a family, you know, mom and dad, two kids, the picket fence, you know, doing everything at home. That was like the most important thing. Family was was always the most important thing that we leaned on. And while the concept of family, I think, is important, I don't think it necessarily has to be the nuclear family. But if you look at other non-white people in this country, multi-generational families, that dynamic and they, you know, living together is very, very common. It's one, one thing that I think was highlighted during the pandemic because you had these you know, small houses with lots of people living in them. I know Cleveland has said, like in his culture, it, it, your parents don't go to a nursing home unless they are basically dying. Like they come live with you, mom and dad, the grandparents, everybody living in the house. And it's just, it's a cultural thing. It's not good or bad. It's just different. And that's something that I think has been more highlighted now where the nuclear family of, of isolation, right? Being, you know, like my wife and I are living that nuclear family life where we have ourselves and our child and our dog and our family now lives a little bit closer than they ever have, but we don't have her parents living with us, my parents living with us and all that kind of stuff. Her brother, uh, we all have our own separate homes. And I think that that is um, less and less common today uh, in terms of you know, the, what, what we are seeing as far as the makeup of this country, because the makeup of this country is becoming more and more of a melting pot. But I think one concept that has changed over time, and I think it's directly correlated to college education and access to a higher education, while we are still seeking a better, uh, better access to higher education. Like for me, I'm a transplant. So I'm not originally from the area that I live. I am from Rhode Island. I live in Virginia. I went to school in Virginia. And I think the concept of staying home is different now than it ever was. I think when I was growing up, I was on the, the the edge of that. So many people that I know who went to college went back to where they live now, which is you know where I grew up. But then again, I also know a lot of people who don't live anywhere near where where we grew up. So my friends Jeremy and Janelle, who I mentioned, right, they live in Savannah, Georgia, and they lived in Warren, Rhode Island. We all went to Virginia Tech, and I don't live you know in in, in Bristol either. So we we all 
have moved on. And I know so many people who have transplanted, while some of them might be away from the area that they live, they still live close enough. But I went really far away. And I think you're seeing a lot more of that. And I think it is more prevalent, I think, in East Coast metropolis areas. But I think you'll see it in metropolis areas or urban areas more um, across the country. Even if you go out to like California, LA, San Diego, there's a lot of people who live there that aren't from there. So the idea of being native to some place, I think, is becoming more and more foreign. And I think that that has changed a little bit what the concept of family truly means. Because I know that for myself, growing up, our family was very, very close. And I mean that geographically. We spent holidays with family. It was an hour and a half drive to get to aunts and uncles' houses, a half an hour drive to get to grandparents' houses. So we saw people more often and we saw them on every holiday. I talked to family members every holiday. It was like, oh, are we going to so-and-so's house this holiday or are we staying home type of a thing. But since I have moved to Virginia and been more isolated, it's been a little bit different. And that, that dynamic has changed for me as I've become older and created a family of my own. And so being a transplant who now has his own family, there's decisions that have to be made that are different than they used to be. And I think a lot more people in, in today's world experience that. And the idea of family has evolved to where it needs to expand to be inclusive of more people. Like your family isn't just your spouse and your children anymore or your parents. I think that it grows larger because I think people who have transplanted maybe don't have the ability to see those family members as often as they would like or as often as they would have if they continued to live in the same town that they grew up. But it's very limiting, right? Not all of us necessarily can stay gainfully employed and have all of the things that we want in life staying in a certain place. Like if I lived in Bristol, Rhode Island right now, my job situation would be totally different. Um, I, I would not have had the opportunities that I have had moving down to the Washington, D.C. area. And I think that that's the same for my wife uh, if she stayed in certain areas where, where her family was from or if she had stayed in Hawaii, which is where she was when she graduated high school. It's just different. And I think it's different for everybody. Some people can be very, very successful and very, very happy living in the town that they grew up in. It just was not in the cards for me. And I think that it's becoming more and more common. When I talk about the idea of family, I think, again, large family versus small family, that dynamic can change how you view family because I know that if you come from a small family like myself, perhaps being in a large family environment or being with a close-knit family, the one that's very, very close, can feel uncomfortable for you. I know that going to uh, my wife's family reunion, that we had only been together, I think, a year. Uh, There's a lot of people at their family reunion. And for me, it was actually cool because I didn't have that dynamic. So I embraced the large family dynamic getting to meet as many cousins as possible, uh, getting to you know sort of feel like I was part of a larger group because we didn't have that growing up. Like because my family was so small, I didn't really experience family reunions. And I really haven't to this day. And it's sad because now that my mom is no longer with us, obviously that is, is different now because the connection piece that I have to a certain, you know, to that side of the family is somewhat lost because my mom is no longer here to bridge that gap. My mom and I had reconciled, but reconciling with other people sometimes can need the facilitation of another human being. And so while I'm hopeful that that will evolve over time, um, you know, there will no longer be a family reunion that my mom will be a part of. And that is very, very sad. But then there's, of course, the idea that I think is becoming more common with people like myself, the, the transplant life, if you will. And that's friends becoming family. So around this time of year, you see a lot of people celebrate what is called Friendsgiving. And what is that? Well, it's essentially taking the concept of Thanksgiving, the gathering part of it, the gathering and eating part of it. And instead of it being family members, it's friends, because a lot of us have created a family of our own in the areas that we live now. 
because our family doesn't live right around the corner, because it's not an easy commute uh, to, to get to this, you know, to our family, especially at the holidays when commuting is so much more difficult and it's so stressful, we decided to surround ourselves with other people that make us happy, who fulfilled the need of family. Because I think you don't have to be blood related to be family, because I think family, that dynamic and relationship has more to do with an understanding of each other on a human level than it does actually being related by blood. And that kind of makes me think about what family means to me, because this episode and this series on Thursday is about uh, what I'm thankful for. And I am thankful for family in, in different ways. I think my relationship with family, the arc, the story arc of my relationship with family can be seen mostly negative if you wanted to take that spin. But I'm a firm believer in things happen for a reason. And so I've decided to take a look at the concept of family for me and how that translates to direct people in my life. So my immediate family. Growing up, my mom and dad did a great job of making me feel like we were a part of a family, even if perhaps the family dynamic didn't always translate to positive feelings. There was always a fight at some type of a family event. Uh, my parents didn't get along that well sometimes because I think their marriage was always uh, questionable at best. And, you know, my dad had demons that he was fighting. My mom had demons that she was fighting in a lot of ways. And I think it was a tough ask sometimes, but they kept it together. And I think about it at Christmas time a lot. My parents always made it a special time of year. And it's why I love Christmas so much. And that's why I want to have some fun around the, you know, the holidays with the show. But my parents always did that. But I had some extended family members that when I was growing up, I developed a great relationship with. And while that maybe isn't the case today, and while those relationships are in need of a little bit of tender love and care, they still mean something to me. And that's my cousin Josh. So my cousin Josh, and I are almost like brothers. We look very similar. Um, we have a lot of a similar sense of humor, at least, and we like a lot of the same things. And while our lives have grown in different ways, he's he is a parent. He's a great dad. Um, you know, and his his life is a lot different than mine. But whenever we see each other, we always remember those good times. And I can think about so many times playing World of Warcraft. You know, with his dad Jesse playing video games, and it always brought back. I mean, it always brings back great memories. And my aunt Kathy, I remember. You know, today, my Aunt Kathy and I um, have a better relationship. We had a little bit of a falling out over things that I've been not entirely public with on this show. But uh, when my mom was, you know, in her last year or so, we, we connected and we, we kind of got through uh, what we had, you know, had been through together. And I think we realized that it was important to reconcile because life is short. And seeing my mom suffer through what she was going through and lose so much of a quality of life, uh, we, we prioritized, you know, the, the reconciliation part of it. And while maybe it takes time to recondition yourself to be a part of somebody's life, I think that that's very true. Uh, I always looked at her as the cool aunt when I was a kid. And I think um, I always remember those things, you know, staying over at her house. And while I have different memories of different family members, you know, these two things stand out to me, but it doesn't mean that they're better than anybody else. It just, you know, it's something that I remember as far as like immediate family. And again, having transplanted, uh, the concept of friends as family has been really, really prevalent in my life, uh, especially the last few years. Um, you know, some people that I, I highlight here, I mean, you've heard Miss Joyce on this show. Uh, Miss Joyce is like a mom to me, and I think she sees me as a son in some ways, and her, her daughter, Monica, who I'm hoping to have on the show at some point, you know, they live with us for, for a little bit, uh, not because they were in need, but because they were transitioning from one life to the other. And we had the ability to accommodate that. And I think we got to know each other so much better. And we are a part of each other's lives in a way that is very intimate. And I like that. It's a it's a familial relationship. Monica is like a sister to me. And I, you know, 
those are things that have developed over time, knowing people and getting to know people and you realize that they understand you. So those are the, you know, those are a couple of things. I've talked about Cleveland a lot in this show. And while I highlighted him uh, on the friendship episode, he and his wife, Tara, have been like family to us. And I think uh, us to them as well, because they're transplants just like we are, you know, coming from New Jersey, living in this area, not having any family nearby. And us, we were in the same boat up until the last year with the pandemic and my in-laws living here. But for the most part, our immediate family was nowhere to be found. And so we leaned on each other a lot when we needed family members. You know, we can call each other whenever we need each other. And we spend uh, moments together. I remember surprising my wife on her birthday and Cleveland and Tara met us at the restaurant and I had set that up and it was really cool. Uh, two other people that I don't know if I've ever mentioned on this show before, but uh, my friend Ryan and my friend Joe, they were in my wedding. Um, and over time, we have been through a lot together as it relates to the hardships in life. And we're always there for each other. And some relationships, you don't necessarily talk about those things openly and some that you do. And with each of those two guys, um, it's a different dynamic. But we understand that we're there for each other. And I can't wait for life to come back to normal and be able to see people again. But they were there when I needed them. They were there for my wedding. And I will never forget that. And while sometimes, you know, during the pandemic, working at home, we don't see each other as often. Um, it doesn't mean that their friendship doesn't feel like family to me. And I know that if I needed something, I could count on them and that if they needed me, I would be there in a heartbeat. And those are the friends that I can think of now that have become family. But again, it's not all inclusive because there's so many people that I could talk talk about and thank. But these are the people that come to mind now. And I think, you know, one of the last ones um, is the Matty S Media Network family. And you might think that that's silly, but I've always considered it a family. When I think about what we are trying to build through the Matty S Media Network, um, it's not something small. And I always wanted it to be something intimate that felt connected, right? I don't need anybody on here who wants to make content just for the sake of having somebody. I care about your product the way that you care about what we're trying to do at Matty S Media. And to me, that is... A familial relationship that develops. When I think about the other shows that are on the platform, yes, I'm on a vast majority of them right now, but it doesn't mean that I don't care about the other people's success. So why do I want political football to do so well? Well, because I want Cleveland and Dave, their creative and artistic vision to be recognized and to be seen as good and their 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 traits, right? Their talents. Dave is a great historian of football. He can tell so many great stories and he's very, very good at understanding society. And he's a good person and I want that to be out there. I want people to hear it, to un to connect with it. And the same with Cleveland. They have had, you know, Cleveland has had his own show. Uh, Dave does not have his own show, but this is a way to highlight them so that more people can hear their vision and get to know them the way that I know them. And to me, that is very important. And of course, part of the Matty S Media Network family is you, the listener. How could it not be? Um, why do I do this? I do this obviously for creative freedom and because it makes me happy, but also because I know that in some way, somehow, I'm connecting with somebody somewhere. I don't know where, I don't know who, I uh, hear stories sometimes and those really mean the world to me. But I had a talk with another podcast host about this because I think it's so easy to look at your analytics and think, well, nobody's listening to the show because we're all looking for a big payoff in terms of listenership. But sometimes quality over quantity does matter. And I think when we are forging this journey and so early on in this journey, that the, the, the small connections make the biggest difference. And I know that I have made a difference to at least one or two people through this show. And to me, that is reward enough to keep going. And that's something that it makes me feel like a family. So even if the listenership grows and it continues to grow, I will always see it as that. And thank you, of course, for the listeners for continuing to support this. 
But last but not least is, of course, my little nuclear family, and that's my wife, Chrissy, and, of course, my son, James. Uh, I never really thought that I would have what I have today. I always wanted to get married. I always wanted to have kids, but I think there were concepts that I never really thought would come to uh, reality. And now that they are a reality and I see every single day uh, the way that they are and how they enhance my life, obviously I'm super thankful for that because it's something that I never thought that I would have and being able to build a family the way that I want to, right? To embrace the dynamics of the different types of family that we have, the way that I talked about here, um, it's great to be able to to meld the two. And of course, having my in-laws around, you know, my, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, great people, they've been so supportive of Chris and I, they've been so supportive of me. And they've made me truly feel like a son. And my brother-in-law, Mike, whose voice you have heard on this show a couple of times, uh, he and I are like brothers in a lot of ways. We get along really well. We talk about a lot of things. And it's nice to have those outlets out there and to be able to see his kids, right? And I, I enjoy that. I enjoy being able to see the whole family whenever we want. It's not a luxury that we have had ever, you know, really in our relationship. And so being able to see Mike and Lon and the kids and uh, my in-laws and just be able to pop in, uh, it's nice. And it's not going to last forever. But it has been nice the last few years to just feel like you're part of a connected family. And so all these different people that I've mentioned, all these different types of family dynamics are important. And you can define family any way that you want. And I think that's the great part. I think for so long, we just assumed that family had to be people that we were blood relatives with. And while the people that we are blood relatives with can have a huge impact in our lives, they don't have to be the be all end all. It's okay if there are people in your family that you don't like and don't want a relationship with. That's kind of the point. But do remember this. There is never, never, never too little time to make up until somebody is no longer with us. You can always reconcile. You can always figure out your differences. And it's important to try at least once. And I know that I was guilty of thinking that I didn't want to try or that I shouldn't try. But I'm glad that I did. And while it will take time to recondition myself and for others, having ourselves, having each other in our lives, I think ultimately the end goal of at least knowing that you made an attempt Uh, is worth it because we get so little time on this earth comparative and again uh, we get so little time with the people that we love whether that's blood family or non-blood family and so it's important that we embrace it and do what we can to make the best of all familial relationships that we have no matter what types that they are so what kind of family do you have what kind of situation are you in connect with me the ways that i highlighted at the beginning of the show i'd love to hear it and highlight the people that are out there making their own families whether that be nuclear families or friend families Uh, They're all special in some way and they all have an impact. And I think that it's cool that we can do that in this life. Hug your loved ones, of course. You know, make sure that you spend time with them. Tell them that you care. We get little time and it's really, really important that you do that. Um, Thank you for listening to the show. As always, next week is Thanksgiving week and we'll get into the history of Thanksgiving a little bit, how we can take the focus off of the negative aspects and really make the holiday about what is important and that's love and gathering. And then I might do a little bit of Ranking some Thanksgiving foods like I did with candy that should provide for some faux controversy, which you know I love around here at the Soulfully Casual Podcast. So take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. Stay safe as always. And I will talk to you next week. Peace. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on the Soulfully Casual Podcast are those of Matty Ice and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. The Soulfully Casual Podcast is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.
members of the Maddie Ice Media Network. The Soulfully Casual Podcast is exclusively owned by Maddie Ice and is brought to you by the Maddie Ice Media Network.